0: The Sports Career Podcast, episode 174. How is content marketing influencing the future of the football coaching industry? Hello Sports Achiever, welcome back to the Sports Career Podcast, I appreciate you tuning in today listening to this podcast episode but before I start I just want to talk about my new booklet on Amazon Kindle called the Sports Career Booklet which really goes through the seven steps in how to start and really pursue a successful career in the sports industry. With some encouragement with some industry experts, I wanted to really put down my thoughts from the last four years of podcasting, but also share my learning lessons after interviewing 150 experts in the sports industry. So if you want to check out my new booklet on Amazon, just go to education2sport forward slash booklet and you can get more information about that. But now getting towards today's podcast, as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the football industry, especially in the coaching sector as well. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Tony Hudson. Tony is a sports media expert with over 15 years in the sports publishing industry sector. Currently, he is the head of content at Coach's Voice. Now, Coach's Voice is a really fascinating online space with regards to providing high quality content, sharing coaching stories from today's top coaches in the world of football. For that reason, I'm fascinated to hear about Tony's line of work and also with regards to his career journey as well. For that reason, it's brilliant to have him as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, Tony will share his sports career journey and explain to you how content marketing is influencing the football coaching industry. Tony, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please do share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start?
1: Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me, Ed. Um... So it all started, I was working for a uh, big publishing firm um, down here in London, working on a weekly magazine about the charity sector, actually. So that was nothing to do with sports, but an occasional colleague of mine on that magazine took me aside one day and said an old colleague of his uh, was launching uh, quite an exciting sounding new weekly sport magazine. Uh, which was called Sport Magazine. And that was a weekly ma- weekly magazine that came out in the streets of London and was distributed free of charge on a Friday morning. And I ended up meeting the then editor of that magazine, uh, which launched about a month later. I joined issue three or four, and that was in 2006. So it was, it was purely by chance, really. Sport was always a huge passion of mine. Football is my favorite sport. So to get the opportunity to move into what was what seemed like a really exciting new project was great, uh, and yeah, so that was 2006. That magazine ran for 11 years. I became the editor in the end, had the dubious privilege of being the editor when it was closed, and that led me on to where I am now at the Coach's Voice.
0: Just really quickly, from that experience, what did you learn the most? Being an editor or seeing that magazine grow in that period of time?
1: From our point of view, we were very lucky. We got huge access to the biggest names in sport. I think Andy Murray graced the cover 11 or 12 times he was a, he was our record but we had that was the Usain Bolt here we had him on the cover a few times um, kind of all the biggest footballers but the main thing there was just maintaining good relationships you know we relied on brands and relied on clubs and organizations to get access to these guys so our responsibility was to produce content that was obviously engaging but also not clickbaity not headline searching so there was a there was a a real the focus was always on on quality and I think the relationships that we built across that decade meant that the magazine was able to thrive for as long as as it did.
0: Before we talk about quality content which relates to today's podcast topic just from a like sports career skill sets perspective what skills have supported you from the last 10 years working in sort of the media side of the sports industry?
1: I think It's such a, there's so much going on in sports media. I think you need to be, I I studied English literature at university, um, so I've always been a relatively strong writer just as an aside actually whenever people ask me about how they become better writers i'm really an editor by trade i always say that actually the, the art of becoming a better writer is not to write more but to read more the more you read the more you pick up from everywhere else whether it's newspapers magazines blogs wherever even just literature i've got books behind me i've got millions of them the more high quality reading you you imbibe and you bring in the better your own grasp and skills with words will be and if you're if you're able to maintain good communications with people both within the industry and around it, and I think it it helps you greatly because it just means that communication is so much easier.
0: Just with regards to that, you've highlighted a really important point with regards to communication. How has your writing improved your writing skills when communicating through written format like email? So I was just wondering, how has your writing skills actually improved your actual communicating messaging with a team, with reaching out to people out of interest?
1: I think you learn to get to the point in the end. Uh, you, You learn to just get over what you need to get over as quickly as possible. And that doesn't mean you have to be rude, overly brief. It's just about making clear what, what you want, what you're after. Or, or you know. And I think it's the same. We, we worked on the magazine, particularly less so with the coach's voice, but on sport particularly, we worked with a lot of PR people who obviously wanted to get their brands featured or their clients featured. And just the, the, the vast range in quality of communication that industry um, always amazed me um, but when you came across people who, who had genuine talent and were really good at communicating they were the ones that you ended up spending more time with and doing more work with and they were the people who then went on to you know i've been around in this industry for 15 years now and you see the guys you come from junior roles um, and i end up running teams and running businesses because you know pod that ability to communicate is just so key
0: i hope the listeners have taken that all on board just right into today's podcast topic now could you explain from your experience how content marketing is really influencing the sort of coaching sector of the sports
1: industry that 's a quite a, quite a big question what we 're seeing in football generally and sport as a whole is we 're seeing individuals and clubs and teams taking charge of their own content production now from a from an old kind of print media background that leaves me kind of i, I think two things about this one is that you don't necessarily get at what point does content just become PR? Old fashioned media characters like me and journalists like me will kind of look at that and go, Well, are people, are clubs and people and individuals kind of just taking a bit too much control? And does that mean that the content is is it authentic? Is it believable? Is it even that interesting? But actually I think those concerns are drifting away a little bit. I'm a, I'm a Liverpool fan and I'm quite happy to, to openly admit that. Um, so good times for, for them at the moment. But the, so I follow Liverpool and most of the players across all forms of social media. And the content is brilliant. It's, I mean, they, they know their audience, they know their audience is incredibly, it's huge and it's incredibly engaged, but they put out content that's really good. You know, when an example, Roberto Firmino gets to 50 premier league goals, there's, a, there's an Instagram post that within 10 minutes showing all 50 goals, which is, you know sensational for, for, for a fan like me um similarly you get players james milner um has recently you know recently come on twitter after the boring james milner twitter profile that was so entertaining for so long and it's just he's a great character he comes across really well he manages his own content peter crouch has been doing it for years so sport as a whole is is just you know they i think sports people and sports clubs understand are starting to just about understand the size of their brand um, and how they can manage it properly and how they can manage their content properly. In coaching, it's a little bit more complicated. Coaches are, at the top end of the game, are, and, and this is part of what I'll talk about with the coach's voice, they have a different position to players. They are more responsible, they're more dispensable, um, but they are blamed when things go wrong, much more so than players. So they have to be, They, they can't they can't be the kind of personality that players can be. And of course, they're specialists. The world of football coaching, and again, when we talk about the way the coach's voice is developing, the way football coaching works is that it is a specialist skill. It's, it's a really specialist skill. Even, and even those who are grassroots coaches or, or coaches taking their sons or their daughters under 10s team of a the weekend, they still they're incredibly ambitious and they're incredibly hungry for more information which means that the, the content they themselves produce is is, is probably slightly more um, modest, I think, because they're more about searching content elsewhere than, than producing their own. Um, had that said, we've built up a following on the coach's voice of across all social platforms uh, around 400,000 now, which is growing really nicely. Um, and there was obviously a very engaged coaching audience there. And we're as a result engaging more with, with coaches as well. And you do see session plans, practices, you know, films of drills and, and sessions that they are delivering going online and there is a it becomes more rather than marketing it becomes a massive information share um mm-hmm. which i think is where the coach's voice is going um but then interestingly we did some content with, with eddie Howe at bournemouth recently which has gone down really well but only a couple of months before there was bournemouth release footage of, of eddie being mic'd up at the training ground and they put that out there so There was a day, there was a time when clubs would necessarily, it was all a bit behind closed doors, wasn't it? And obviously, there's still a lot of that. But I think clubs and individuals have become more open to saying we can give away bits and bobs without necessarily giving away everything and revealing trade secrets. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really interesting time in coaching. Um, we feel like it's a, obviously the reason the coach's voice launched is because we feel like there's a, there's a gap there and there's a, there's a potential community there that we, we would like to bring together more so than it has done before. But um, yeah, it's developing.
0: I find this really interesting. And again, we're going to talk more about the sort of mission with coach's voice, but just from a blog perspective, because the one thing I've learned for students a great way to practice is through blogging and to put their self out there and especially for young coaches. Would you mind sharing your opinion of what is good content and what isn't good content from your perspective as an editor and even the work you're doing at Coach's Voice? If you wouldn't mind sharing that insight, I'll appreciate that a lot.
1: Yeah, I think um, good content and bad content is a is a huge, huge topic. I mean, you know, what is good content for you know, a 65-year-old Telegraph reader might not be good content for an 18-year-old student um, who wants to. He was having a look at Sport Bible or something like that. Um, then again, I, you know, I go on Twitter. I looked before, before, before I came on. I looked at my my most recent tweets um, or the things that I like. You know, you know, a dog opening a cupboard on Twitter is absolutely brilliant content, but for for five seconds. Similarly, I, I retweeted yesterday a thread for for a, from a guy who was explaining what he thought the implications of Sajid Javid being sacked as home secretary is, which was brilliant. It was insightful. So on the one hand, you've got entertainment. On the other hand, you've got insight. Personally, I think the best content manages to provide both. And that's kind of what we're, what we're striving to do with, with Coach's voice. Anything that is that either entertains me or that provides me information I didn't have before, for me, is is, is worthy content. Um, that's not to denigrate other stuff that doesn't necessarily tick either box, because it could still be worthwhile but it is a it's a big topic <laughs> it is
0: so just to put you on the spot a little bit what would you brand as bad content just for students so they don't make those silly mistakes out of interest
1: um i'm not sure i'm in a position to judge really um i just any if, if it doesn't if something doesn't offer anything beyond itself i think you question why, you'd, why you why why you do it in the first place um you know the reason that a dog opening a cupboard is good good is entertaining is because dogs don't usually open cupboards if i film myself if i myself opening a cupboard and put it on twitter i'm not sure it'd be particularly worthwhile i think it, it, the, the most important thing i what not i don't want to say what bad content is but i think that the rule that i would give people when they're producing content is to think about why they're doing it and who they're doing it for and if you can't answer either of those things then you shouldn't be doing it um I think it's just about having having a little bit of thought a little bit of prep um it, you know we live in a we live in a fast food age and it is all too easy to put content out there and I think there's a lot of people on social media who tend to post things or or publish things that they probably wish they they hadn't done in the end um particularly you see so many so many people now particularly in the media who they become You know, they grow in popularity, they get a big job. And then within five minutes, somebody's dug up a tweet from 10 years ago in which they've said something that they really shouldn't have done. And that can be extremely damaging. So the key key for me is always just think about why you're doing something. If you can't find a good reason to do it, don't
0: that is perfect I really do hope the listeners take that on board and look with regards to Coach's Voice literally some of the articles I've read are really interesting I'm not a coach I'm a podcast and I always like look at content creation would you mind just sharing what Coach's Voice is about what's the vision and also you've got an event coming up as well if you wouldn't mind talking about that as well
1: Coach's Voice uh, was launched in January 2018 Um, it's the brainchild of a guy called Peter Kenyon who uh, hopefully some listeners will know as formerly the chief executive of Manchester United um, and then Chelsea. He still operates in in the football space uh, and I met him uh, around about three years ago now and he and his uh, business partner had an idea to produce something around coaches and content. The idea again, and I kind of alluded to this in, in my days at sport, in that you can get access to football players relatively easily, particularly now on social media. They would have interviews, they would give interviews because they had deals with a kit manufacturer or, or a clothing company. Coaches, football coaches at the top level don't really do that. Um, again, they don't really put themselves out there and you don't really hear from them in the media beyond two two places. One is uh, pre-match press conferences, um, which are often about who's playing, who's not playing. Do you like that manager? Do you like, you know, What should that be a red card, VAR? All sorts of stuff that's very topical and very in the moment. And then after the game, where you have interviews that are quite often quite emotional because of what's happened in the game. So you either get a manager who's won talking about how brilliant his team was or a manager who's lost complaining about referee referee's decision or, or not really wanting to talk at all. So what, you, what Peter and Peter's worked in the game for an extremely long time and just thought there's nowhere where we actually get to hear from these guys. They are at the very centre of the game. They're in some ways the most important people. Um, If you ask a Liverpool fan why Liverpool are doing so well, they say Jurgen Klopp. They don't say, I mean, the players are brilliant, but they say Jurgen Klopp. Similarly, why Manchester City so brilliant, Pep Guardiola, Mourinho, Pochettino, Simeone, Zidane, you know, and then younger brigade, people like Julian Nagelsmann coming through in Germany. But you don't hear from them. You hear from them talking about games and players. You don't hear from them talking about themselves. So Peter's idea was to, provide and, and launch a platform where we did exactly that so we did that we launched that in January 2018 we've had some great names Jose Mourinho uh, Diego Simeone um, Gareth Southgate Brendan Rogers um Eddie Howard referred to most recently, uh, Nuno Espirito Santos doing so well at Wolves, and so we're we're, we're building up a catalogue of content um, with all these guys. We've loved it, and we we like to think that they they've loved it too. Again, again, talking earlier about building relationships, maintaining relationships, that's very much what what the coach's voice is about. We don't get content from these guys unless they trust us. Um, from a content point of view, what's interesting is that nothing goes live without the coaches seeing the content that we produce. That traditional media don't like the idea of copy approval because they feel like, again, it takes away a bit of their independence. The point of the coach's voice is exactly that. It's the coach's voice. Every piece that we do ends with the phrase, this is my voice. So they should get to see it. You know, they're not going to sit down. Jose is not going to sit down and write a 3,000-word feature about himself for me. Obviously, we do the interview, we spend the time with him, and then we curate the content. They have final say. And we like to think we're pretty good at knowing what, what makes engaging content and and what the coaches will want to say and how they want to say it. But it just gives that extra layer between the producer and the consumer, exactly the trust. The website has been going for two years. We launched pretty much a year to the day that we launched the English website. We launched the website in Spanish. Um, If we think about building an audience, I think it's important to understand that English is – A widely spoken language but if you can produce content in spanish as well you don't just hit spain but you hit the majority of south america so which is obviously and indeed a lot of central even the united states so there's a massive audience out there um a massive football audience as well um so that was important so the the business kind of launched with 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 content um and just in the last six months or so um it's we've we've expanded uh to include different different branches of the business uh so in September last year we launched a cV academy coaches voice academy which is a an online subscription site which is aimed at coaches um specifically at coaches the the content is very much us trying to build the biggest audience we can um for an informed football audience but the academy is very much this is content for coaches so some of the coaches who we interview we then bring in and they deliver training sessions to Um, football teams mostly we're building our relationships with uh, Premier League academies across the country we've worked a lot with Chelsea and we're trying to build partnerships with others they're imminent so we take elite coaches into academies film them doing their training sessions and that goes sits behind a paywall that coaches from all levels can access there's a lot of supplementary content on there as well Um, drills practices training sessions that you know we're not reinventing the wheel in that regard but what we've done is we we like to think we've built an authority and a reputation for quality and for insight through our content that is then replicated on the subscription site. Um, so that's going really well. Um, numbers on that are really good. Uh, that so that's six months old. And again, we'll look to we'll look to launch a Spanish equivalent of that later this year. Um, and then the other thing that you alluded to is is our first event, um, the coaching conference, uh, which takes place in London at the end of March, Wednesday, March the twenty fifth, I think. Uh, and that's just again just building. Building what we building our offering out from the content, um, and that will be a one day conference where we've got we think a really impressive uh, lineup of speakers.
0: Tony, with regards to the event, would you mind going in a lot more detail about the event itself? Like the great thing is, there's one person I know who's a guest speaker at the event, which is Mary Cock Williamson. She is a special guest on the podcast show. Everybody. Tony, could you just explain the type of speakers who will be attending the event and how could it benefit students who want berserkery in coaching?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, We're just looking at a really elite panel of speakers. Um, The keynote address will be given by Ralph Ragnick, who is the director of sport for Red Bull. Um, He's an extremely highly respected football coach. Um, Red Bull Leipzig, of course, looking like challenging um, in the Bundesliga this season. Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, gave Liverpool two really games in the Champions League. So there is the model there, the way the clubs are building, which Ragnick has has been um, at the heart of. Uh, there's something really exciting going on there. So he's a very exciting speaker. Then we've got guys like Neil Bath, who's the head of the academy at Chelsea. He's an extremely prominent figure this season, as as we're seeing Chelsea academy players like Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount. Uh, Fikayo Tamori, Callum Hudson-Odoi coming through and, and making a real impact in the first team, which of course is something Chelsea have been accused of not, not doing much of recent years, but the, the academy there is so strong, so listening, getting the opportunity to listen to Neil Bath talking about working with young footballers in a, in a kind of high-pressure high, high pressure environment is really exciting. Um, Mary Cobb-Williamson of course, who you, you mentioned already in the chat she's a really progressive forward-thinking um, prominent figure within women's football but is also she's talking at our conference about the need for coaches to kind of manage their own pathway in the way that professionals outside of football do um, so I think there's a lot of interesting content there for that is obviously fascinating within football and it, and it you know I'm not going to lie it's a it's an elite level conference aimed at coaches in the football environment but um, I think the content we produce from it will be Valid to a lot of other a lot of other disciplines, a lot of other career paths. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to it. It should be a fascinating day.
0: Absolutely, Tony. And for the listeners listening in, if you want more information about the event, go to coachesvoice.com or check out my blog post where there'll be a link there for more information about the event. Tony, I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to people who want to pursue a career in the football industry?
1: Oof, well. Where to start? Um, I think we've alluded to it already in, in earlier in the chat. I think number one is just just making sure that your communication levels uh, are as strong as possible. Keep messages brief. Talk to people positively. Be authentic. Um, I think the, the stronger relationships you can build with anyone in and around the industry, uh, the, be- the better it will be. I think, like I said earlier, in, in, certainly in terms of PR, I think the people I've seen develop and grow within that industry, um, at least in relation to me, are those who establish themselves very early as having strong communication skills. Um, and sometimes you have to give uh, news that isn't great to people. Uh, if things aren't possible or if things haven't gone well, people appreciate honesty so much that kind of becomes a life lesson rather than tips for the sport industry but it's absolutely true everywhere you go the, the other tip i would give done me well and has, has worked for a lot, a lot of my kind of successful colleagues in the industry um, is it's just to listen listen to everyone that you come across everyone has a different story one of the great things about the coach's voice is that we've spoken to almost 200 coaches now in english and spanish they all have a different story but the more you listen to them, the more you can learn. Um, and I think there is a there is a tendency for people to think. Uh, and I'm showing this on this on this this podcast. If you t- <laughs> by, if you talk enough, then sometimes you might say something that makes any sense. But actually, if you listen to what other people say, then you can pick and choose from them. Um, and take it onwards in your own career. Um, so don't be afraid to just stay quiet and listen. Um, that be actually that's probably my, my biggest tip to anyone.
0: That is great Tony. I really do hope the listeners take on board those two tips. How can people interact with you on social media?
1: Uh, they can find me on Twitter um, at Tony Hodson one. I think Tony Hodson was gone by the time I, by the time I joined. Um, and yeah, uh, LinkedIn I'm on as well um, and they can follow the coach's voice on at Coach's voice. Um, on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. and We're on Facebook. We're on all the social channels. So just search for The Coach's Voice and you'll find us.
0: That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Tony, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much.
1: Pleasure. Thank you, Ed.
0: What a brilliant interview and podcast chat with Tony. And the biggest learning lesson I've taken from this interview is the importance of effective communication. I mention it quite a lot in my outros and my learning lessons, but how Tony explained by having the ability to send clear communication messages to people on the phone by email, but especially in written format it's so important. Like I cannot emphasize it enough. But most importantly, which he mentioned a lot during his time as an editor in the um, sport magazine, is building those meaningful conversations, building those meaningful relationships during a period of time. And honestly, that is how you manage to build an authentic growing network, particularly in the space you want to work in. I think this is so important, but with regards to today's podcast topic, I hope you've got a better understanding how content marketing, content creation is really having an influence in the football industry, but particularly in the coaching sector. I find coaching a really fascinating area of the sports industry not just in football but all coaches in many sports because these individuals have a wealth of knowledge with regards to their experience in coaching and it's great to have a platform where you can learn from other coaches because actually coaching is a skill set which is applicable in the business world as well but with regards to the coached voice event I really do hope if you are a keen coach and you want to develop your skill sets it's worth attending so as I said already in the podcast chat already if you do want to attend the event head to the uh, education to Sport website relating to Tony's podcast chat there is a link there or you can go to coachesvoice.com and get more information about how to get there how to attend where it's at because honestly you will learn so much like what I learned from Mary Cook Williamson when I met her in Greece uh, last year And her philosophy of coaching really just fascinated me. And my goal is to help you learn from the best coaches or the best people in the sports industry. So if you're available and you're in the London area, I really recommend you investing in that event to enhance your skill sets. But now, as always, I really want you to apply what Tony said from today's podcast chat with regards to career lessons and the one career tip i want to share with you is the importance of listening if you can listen effectively that's when you can learn effectively as well by learning from the best in what you want to do so really take on board what tony said during our podcast chat and apply it to your sports career journey today and make it happen now as always at the end of each podcast episode i like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker tony said make sure your communication skills are strong as possible keep your messages to the point and be authentic that is how you build strong relationships in the sports industry and finally be an effective listener and learn from others